Hi, this is Angie Meadows, and this is The Rocker Recovery, and we have our co-host. William. This is Will Bond. He is Josh's little brother. So we are happy to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Okay, so today we're at the Rocket Recovery Relationship Addiction Book on Codependency. Kick us off here. Healthy relationships require emotional fitness. Look at that. Emotional fitness. What would it look like to be mad and bounce back in five minutes? (laughs) (laughs) To be sad and bounce back in five minutes. Yeah, what would it look like to be a little bouncer here, to have some emotional fitness? That'd look like going to an emotional gym and working your emotional muscles to feel it let it go, feel it, let it go, feel it, process it, um, go back around that bush and do it some more and let it go so that it doesn't have power over us. So in relationship codependencies, we need emotional fitness to be able to heal this. So we've talked about in the intro four different types of uh, relationship addictions that this book's going to describe. It's going to talk about codependency, relationship, uh, uh, relationship, inter- uh codependency and then we're going to talk about trauma bonding and bondage where we're in total bondage and we can't get our way so let's do the introduction when i have broken down pillars in my life i choose broken people Hmm. i may choose people with more problems than myself this way i do not have to focus working working on me i can focus on the struggles and the problems of another person ouch i do that all the time Okay, keep going. Talking to myself. And codependency, my empathy. Empathetic. Empathetic radar is in full force. Okay, I I like these made up words. What do you think? Empathetic radar. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a strong empath muscle develops in childhood. Possibly I parented my parents. Possibly I was their comforter when I was six years old. This rescuer mentality is my identity. Then passivity keeps the boat from being rocked and keeps others from targeting me, and I make myself very small, almost invisible. This type of submission will attract the insecure attachment of dominance and controlling. A controlling person is insecure in who they are and needs an object of control. So let's do a codependency evaluation. So as we do this, just think of the answers so that you know whether or not you have codependency in your relationship. Number one. Am I a giver or a taker? So there needs to be equal giving and taking in a healthy relationship. Number two. Do I attract dominant or passive people? Yeah, there needs to be um, a cohesiveness where neither person feels dominated and neither one of them feels like they have to be invisible. Number three. How many times have I lived with somebody or been divorced? Number four. Can I break up with another person maturely, maturely without blaming them and creating drama? Oh, now that would be good. No, no slitting their tires, no burning their clothes. <laughs> No calling the police, no fighting, no domestic. Just if if this person's not working out, just say, you know, I think I need a break. I'll let you know, you know, how things go. And just back up. Just get some space there. Number five. Will I stay in a relationship that isn't suited to me? Hmm. Number six. Do I stay to avoid hurting somebody else's feelings? Ouch. Number seven. Do I have healthy co-parenting relationships with ex-partners? Number eight. Do I entertain depression often? Number nine. Do I meddle in other people's problems? Ten. Am I a fixer, a pleaser? Eleven. Can I turn off my affections quickly when I recognize I am being used or abused? Twelve. Do I have a good support team? 
Can I ask my support team to evaluate a new potential partner and follow their advice? 14. Have I done the work to heal from past hurt and win- hurts and wounds? 15. Do I have healthy and peaceful contentment with myself? 16. Have I made movement in the last year or am I stuck in negative rumination over past toxicity yeah so if um if we get into our trauma wound you can look at it on an mri and you will see a ring of fire in the mid part of the brain and so when that trauma gets ignited um, our decision making skills are not there and we're actually in that fight flight freeze or fawn and 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 we're rehearsing ruminating negatively on everything (laughs) and and we just keep rehearsing it over and over and over again so you know if you're rehearsing negative stuff and you can't get it off of you that you've got a little trauma ring of trauma going on so you need to literally take some space and some time and do self-care to where you're settling yourself down going from the uh, fight or flight uh, sympathetic nervous system into the parasympathetic nervous system you know sipping on a hot tea taking a walk taking a hot bath um, doing your favorite activity like mine is sewing you know some people's might be hunting or carving or kayaking but I love to just sit and sew and that's kind of like my meditative thing that puts me back together and I'm thinking about the pieces I'm putting together so I can't be um, rehearsing um, nonsense <laughs> so is there any of these you want to talk about um, mm-hmm. will you stay in a relationship that isn't suited to you I married a person that wasn't suited to me because I didn't want to hurt their feelings now I was very young <laughs> I have definitely done the same and, but I stayed there thinking oh well, he's so hurt well well let me tell you I hurt them ten times more when I left um, so it's important that if you're in a relationship that's not good and you know it and you're a couple months in, go ahead and break it off. Because if not, in five or six years, you're going to break it off and take their children. You know, you're going to break it off and hurt them ten times more. So just go ahead and when it's early, if you know, okay, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to prop them up. They're not growing. They're regressing. Then just go ahead and do that um, while it's still small. Yeah, it's going to hurt, but not like it's going to two and a few years okay any of these other ones how about peaceful contentment within myself you've been getting that haven't you yes i have yes you have (laughs) but that's been real intentional hasn't it yes Mm -hmm. it's been intentional so how have you done that well um by sitting on the porch drinking your coffee in the morning talking to the lord (laughs) he told me how you did that (laughs) um yeah. Going out on the water yeah. in the canoe, that does a lot for me. It does. It gets you grounded with uh, the vibrations of the earth. So personal boundaries are clear directions for how we allow people to treat us. So get your bubble going. Okay, this is my bubble. Don't come over here. <laughs> Not until you earn the right to get here. <laughs> so the first step to conquering codependency is to have strong boundaries. Sit down with a trusted friend and decide what boundaries are lacking in your life and where you need more. Okay, so we're going to talk about time boundaries. Um, How much time will you spend with someone at the beginning of a relationship? How much time do you schedule on an activity? Um, How are your boundaries at work? And can you say no? 
And when I first started learning to say no, I wrote it on my hand, and everyone who called me got a no. Because <laughs> I was being pulled in a hundred different directions and couldn't say no. Even if I wanted to, when I picked up the phone, I would say yes. So if you're struggling saying no, I want you to write it on your hand. I want you to practice it. I want you to exercise that no muscle. So what should some physical boundaries look like? Boundaries, boundaries around physical proximity. Proximity. Proximity, sexuality, and how much space you share with others. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about conversation boundaries? Boundaries, what topics you open to discuss or not discuss and with whom? Yeah, people have to earn the right to discuss certain deep topic, topics with me right here. Do I need boundaries with any wor- with my words? Yeah, some of us are working on our cussing. <laughs> yes. Keep going. No compl- complaining, no arguing, no slander or gossip. Wow, those are just like uh, rules for my tongue, isn't it? So, but it, these can be habits to complain, to argue, to slander, to gossip. These can be habits. So when I catch myself, I need to repent, go back and uh, rewind that and say it differently. Um, so, and there's sometimes that I need to set a firm boundary that I normally might have argued with, but in this in this case, I can set a firm boundary. I can say no. I can back up. I can empower myself, um, and I can do it with kindness. So let's look at some relationship boundaries. What relationship or what boundaries mutually agreed upon with your close friends and partners do you need? Uh, don't call me in the middle of the night. <laughs> unless it's really unless you're really close to me don't call me in the middle of the night for a rescue I ain't doing it <laughs> personal boundaries boundaries you have placed with yourself based on awareness of your own unique needs okay a content boundaries things you will and will not consume or will have accountability like social media, TV, etc. Yeah, so I've got space in the book for you to write out other boundaries that you might want to have for yourself. When you, when will you block somebody from your social media? When will you block somebody from your phone contacts? Are others allowed to call you with crisis in the middle of the night? Are others allowed to make their problems your problems? Learn to recognize when you are in a sick syndrome that will make you vulnerable. After you have helped somebody for a certain amount of time and they are worse, back off from the relationship. If you try to help others and they sabotage themselves and then blame you, distance yourself for a while. Oh my goodness. (laughs) If you help others and they sabotage themselves and then blame you, distance yourself. Okay, so there are boundaries that I need to have. I need to recognize six syndromes. I need to recognize when there are cycles in relationships. And a lot of these are with our families. So let's look at a sick syndrome. Here are some. Whoop, where'd we go? (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh. Area. Here are some personal growth points to journal about and work through with a trusted friend. We often have blind spots and repeat patterns that others can see, but we cannot. Number one. Do I lack love for myself? Number two. Do I lack understanding of who I am? Number three. Is my desire to be fulfilled with a relationship too strong? These are good things to ask myself while I'm journaling. Number four. 
Am I a pleaser? Number five. Do I rescue it and enable others to stay sick? Six. Am I a fantasizer with a fairy tale mentality? Number seven. Am I needy, unfulfilled, wounded? These struggles will develop vulnerability without direction within a person. So I want you to understand that you've got to to root out in yourself. All your fingers have got to turn back to you, and you've got to realize, why am I attracting this stuff to myself? What is it that I need to work through? So I want you to watch the birds. They build a nest. This is teamwork. The one searches for food while the other one keeps the eggs warm. This is interdependency. This is really healthy. When a predator is seen, the colorful male will fly a distance away and cry to get the attention of the predator who would rob the nest. This is protection. The one will sacrifice himself to protect his mate and the nest of unhatched eggs. When the eggs hatch, they stay close and they work fervently to feed the hatchlings. This is duty, commitment, and nurturing the chicks together. So when the babies are ready, there's a launching and a letting go. There may even be a pushing them out of the nest and then a training of the chicks to find their own food. This is releasing adult children. So I watched this on my back porch one time. I was homeschooling and these little robins were building a nest and there were three babies. And man, we watched that mommy and daddy just come and stuff those babies all day long. And when it come time for them to leave, they they were down on the ground and they were hollering and the two babies jumped out. Well, the other one that was really, really fat, he would not fly out that nest. <laughs> he was just up around the edge just to holler, but he would not fly out. And do you know what they did? They turned their back and they walked away. They went like 20 feet away from him and he was still hollering and hollering. And finally he was like, okay, I got to do this. And he jumped out of that nest and he sunk real fast. (laughs) And it took him a little while to learn to fly because he was so fat. (laughs) But it wasn't long till he learned to uh, find his own food. So it's very important that as parents, Um, that we have this healthy interdependency with our children and we protect them, but that we teach them there is a duty and a commitment and a nurturing each other, and then there's a time that we're going to let go and we're going to launch you, and you're not going to come back for parents to meet your needs. Instead, you're going to be meeting your own needs. So read right here. Love is teamwork. Interdependency, protection, sacrifice, staying close and meeting the needs of each other, commitment, nurturing launching and letting go birds fly away and come back to their nest they know instructively instinctively oh, instinctively where the nest is and where they belong your family may not have done this for you it may be that you need to empower your adult self to do this for you oh so if i don't know where to come back to if i wasn't raised in a safe environment i don't i don't have a nest to go back to So I've got to go out, and as an adult, I have to empower myself, educate myself to be able to have my own safe place. And I need a safe place inside of me, Um, maybe even just a little place that I go and meditate and listen to the wind and the trees and the birds where I, I have this little safe spot, this little hidden spot just for me. So what's the principle? 
Healthy relationships require emotional fitness. So I need you to start looking at where am I emotionally unfit? Where? How many times does my mood flip every day? And could I get one mood of singing and enjoying my day and not let anybody take it from me? Could I get just a morning where nobody could take my joy? <laughs> and no matter what come, I thought, mm, I'll think about that in the afternoon. Today, I'm going to be happy between 8 and 12. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of time to deal with that stuff later. So do I often get scared and abandon others at the beginning of a relationship, or do I give it a chance? This may be an attachment wound like an anxious avoidance that needs to be healed. True relationships require vulnerability and trust, and so you have to discern the character of this person, um, whether or not they are have the ability to be loyal, to be determined, to be um, honorable, trustworthy, dependable, um, joyful, um, just nurturing and caring you have to decide what is their inner core like because they can give you a image of who they want you to think that they are but they're not that person so you have to hang out with them long enough to see what their inner core is like when i find a person who can defend and protect my honor i am safe to love in return toxic and healthy relationships often start the same way it is important to develop all romantic relationships slowly. Start with friendship friendship, and observing them in a group or family setting. So if you have experienced abuse or any other form of violence, you will become a different person. This may make you more vulnerable to other toxicity. This may develop unhealthy obsessing limerence, which is a repetitive romantical thoughts of another person. And this bond will um, draw to you people that are emotionally unavailable and will land you in a place that's not depressive at the beginning so it's kind of like a self-comforting thing where if I get fixated on somebody else it's called limerence and I repetitively romanticize what it might be like to be in that relationship with that person and I make them somebody that they aren't so this unhealthy rumination over another person can bond you with your imaginary lover not a real person this behavior is addictive and confusing and will keep you stuck returning to toxic relationship limerence focuses your attention on the other person and you lose your own ability to move on after this relationship. This behavior will need counseling and supportive groups or friendships to heal. Instead, I want you to grow stronger and learn to believe in yourself. May you become your best defender. May you learn to be safe in your own skin and enjoy a peaceful heart. May you learn to sit with your anxiety until you find a river of peace flowing within. Look at that. I just blessed you. <laughs> a river of peace within your heart. May you find that river of peace. And you may not be able to do this in the relationships you're in. You may have to step back and be able to do this so that you have the strength to leave. And I want you to know that you can do this. You can, um, if you're in a limerent relationship and you cut that off, and it's been toxic and you're sucked back in constantly and you keep going around this cycle and ended up in the same toxic domestic violence, I want you to recognize what you're doing and actually start working on pushing those thoughts out of your mind because the thoughts are going to be, I got to fix this person, I got to heal them, I got to strengthen them, I got to help them, I got to. So your thoughts are going to be constantly based upon the other person and not on yourself and on what could be and not what really is. 
So I want you to pray us out of here, Will. Oh, Lord, relationships are difficult to sustain. Will you help me to develop strength and health in relationships? Help me develop a healthy sense of myself. Help me to know where I begin and where I end. Let me love intelligently by seeing clearly and choosing what is best for my future. First, I choose you, O Lord. Be my first love and help me to heal and feel loved by you. Oh, so I I got hyper-focused on a relationship um, that hadn't been very healthy, and then it turned sick. So when the relationship got sick, I became insecure and started the people-pleasing and the victim mentality and the limerent obsessing over this other person to the point that I was losing myself. And so I was able to see this and realize that this was painful and was causing me a lot of suffering, was able to sit with it enough till I could be content with myself, till I could find myself, till I could emotionally get stronger and develop an emotional fitness. Where do I want to land? I want to land with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And all of those other feelings that were more powerful than that got moved. They got externalized and not internalized because if I'm internalizing those emotions uh, the toxic emotions I'm I'm really suffering I'm really suffering and so what I want to do is I want to move them outside of myself and I want to choose Christ first I want to make him my first love and as you make the Lord your first love now your heart is going to heal and this is Angie Meadows and William Bond And this was the Rocker Recovery. You can listen to us again on uh, Rocker Recovery Podcast.